Texas Business Minds, a presentation of the Texas Business Journals, brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. In this bespoke episode, Dallas Business Journal Managing Editor Rob Schneider profiles the man who tailors success for executives and shares his inspirational story. Bob Bauman is president of Edward Bauman Clothiers in Addison, a custom menswear store he opened more than three decades ago. We're going to talk to one of the best dressed men in Texas about his career, his growing business, and the big bets he's made in his life, including a recently announced $11 million development in Addison that'll be opening next May. Welcome, Bob. Hey, thank you so much. It's good to be here. I appreciate you having me on. Well, first of all, tell us about Edward Bauman Clothiers and what it does. Well, we are uh, a men's clothing business. Uh, I started the company May 1st, 1991. I tell people, we don't sell clothes. If you want to buy clothes, you can go buy clothes anywhere. We are in the business of changing people's lives. And how do we do that? Is, um, you know, we live in a society that people judge people by their appearance. Whether you like it or not, they do. And so we teach men how to dress the do's and don'ts. We end up picking out most of their wardrobes for them. We dress the man, the personality. We don't dress everybody the same. And our goal is to change their life. And that's why we've been business 32 years, because all of our business is word of mouth and we keep doing it. Let's uh, dig it back even before Edward Bauman uh, Clothiers opened. So 30 plus years ago, you had no physical store or client base. And you were literally visiting office buildings in downtown Dallas and sell sets of ties for $50. That doesn't sound like an easy job at all to me. Uh, can you talk about the highs and lows of that time and how it evolved? I don't know if there was a lot of lows, simply because I met a man that changed my life. His name was Zig Ziglar, and he talked about life is the way you see it. If you think you're going to be successful, you will. If you think you won't, you won't. It will live up to your expectations. And so I had an idea, and the idea was if we could go to a office that had at least 50 men in that office, and they all wore a tie, if they knew that we were coming, we would be in the conference room Thursday from 2 to 3, 2 to 3.30. Mm -hmm. And we brought 300 ties with us. We set them up on the conference tables. Everybody got a memo. Everybody knew we'd be there. They all come in. I wonder how many ties we could sell. Well, the very first appointment I ever did was with Northwestern Mutual here in Dallas, Texas. Mm -hmm. And um, in an hour, we sold 75 ties. And so I knew I was on to something that was going to work. So I started the company. Actually, when I did that, I was still in the, what would you use it? The uh, development stages, probably <laughs> research, research. But once I did it, I realized it would work. It was a buying frenzy. I mean, guys were arguing over the ties. I picked that one out. That's mine, not yours. And I was just like, wow. So I started the company and by Thanksgiving day, we were selling more knickwear in Dallas than Neiman's and Macy's. Wow. And um, by December 31st, I probably had three offices in the United States, had one in Houston, one in San Antonio, one in Dallas. Next thing I know, we were on CNN News. And within two years, we had 17 offices in the United States, 75 employees. Between October 1st and December 20th, we would sell 5,000 ties a day. 
So in 1999, you open up your physical store. Maybe you had other stores, but you opened up the space in Addison. Can you talk about the evolution to that and what that meant? Sure. Well, as the company grew, and just being very candid with you, I was not happy with my life. I did not like having 17 offices. I felt like all I did was get up every day and put out fires. Mm -hmm. And that's not what I wanted to do. And so I sold the company, but I kept the rights to the Dallas office. And during those first six, seven, eight years, we started selling dress shirts. We started selling off the rack suits, clothes that you could walk in a store and buy. So when I sold it, my whole goal was to figure out how could I create a ticket instead of selling three ties for $50. How could I sell a bunch of suits and be able to sell them for $5,000, have a $5,000 ticket. And that's what we started doing. That was 98. And so from 98 to 2010, we went to our customers. And I believe in business, you're doing one thing or the other. You're either going forwards or you're going backwards. And if you're just cruising along at the same pace, I truly believe you're going backwards. You just don't realize it. And I felt like we were going backwards. We had gone to our customers' offices for 12 years now. And imagine you bring a suit into a gentleman's office and he wants to try it on, so he has to go to the men's restroom. And there's a bunch of other men in there. Or you need to um, you deliver it to his house and you're setting these clothes, these beautiful garments, you're setting them on the bed or you're setting them on the desk at his office. And the presentation wasn't right. And so I knew that. The number one reason the luxury consumer makes a purchase is the experience. Has nothing to do with the brand, has nothing to do with the product. It has to do with the experience. You know, I don't know how old you guys are, but if you go back and look in 1989, 1988, there was no such thing as a Lexus. They came out in 89. And by 93, they had stolen 30% of Mercedes Benz market. And the Lexus was less money. And people driving Mercedes were not trading down. They loved the new experience. They loved something they were not getting from Mercedes. And so that's why they were going to Lexus. And I knew I had to offer a better experience for my clients. So I rolled the dice and it was a big roll of the dice. And um, I got a building in Addison, Texas. It's 9,000 square feet. And I came in here and I finished this whole place out and I built private showrooms in there, our offices, we have our own tailor shop, everything. And I was going to now get my customers to come see me. I had asked my customers about this for over a year. If I had this really cool place, would they mind coming? And I'll never forget one night I was having dinner with a client of mine. My wife and I were having dinner with him and his wife. I'll use his first name. And Daryl, I said, Daryl, this is my idea. What do you think? He says, I don't like it. I said, what do you mean you don't like it? He says, I don't like it at all. So now let me make sure I understand what you're asking me, Bob. If I want to buy a suit from you, I have to get up from my desk, walk around my desk, walk about eight feet to my conference table. And there you're going to show me fabrics and make a presentation. Right. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to go sit back at my desk. And now you're telling me I'm going to need to get my car go someplace to Addison, Texas. I'm going to have to walk in there, do the same thing, and then drive back to my office. I think it's a stupid idea. I don't like it at all. And so he kept going, and his wife finally said, Daryl, enough. And he goes, what? She goes, enough. 
He goes, he asked me my opinion. She goes, yeah, we all know your opinion. Believe me, we've got it all very well. So that concerned me because Daryl is one of my best customers. And he's, right. you know, and I always look at, I've always tried to surround myself with people who have gone before me. Right. So Daryl's 10 years older than me. He's gone before me. And so it scared me, but he's the first person that had really shot it down like that. And so I knew I just had to create this great place. Right. So I told Daryl that night, I said, well, don't worry. We'll still go see our customers that want us to go see them. And you know, a year later, we got the place built. We moved in. We're having our grand opening party. Daryl's there. His wife's there. You know, we probably had 150 people here. And the next morning at 8 a.m., my phone rings, and it's Daryl. And Daryl says, Bob, I want to make an appointment. I want to come buy some clothes. And I said, Daryl, when do you want to do this? And he says, how about Tuesday at this time? I said, I'll be at your office. He says, no, I want to come see you. I said, Daryl, wait a minute. You made yourself very clear that night at dinner. I'm coming to you. He says, no, 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 I'm coming to you. And I said, Daryl, why do you want to come to me? He goes, did you see that place? He says, that place is so cool. I've never seen anything like it. So I'm coming to you. And from that day forward, Daryl would walk in our front doors at least once a month. <laughs> Like you said, you're creating this experience, but it's really a step out of your comfort zone. You've, you've made this successful business and you're doing very well in this and you've got a, a loyal customers and you're going to see them and everything. Talk about that leap of faith. And then, uh, you know, at the same time, one of the reasons we're talking to you today is because you're making another huge leap of faith. So talk about what you're doing with the new building and the new space in Addison. Well, you know, the building that I've been in for the last uh, 13 years, I do not own it. Um, I was able to tie it up forever. I could stay here as long as I wanted. And I just knew we had a great experience. I knew people came in, you know, we're right next to the Addison Airport. We have people flying in their private planes all the time and come see us. We pick them up over at the airport, bring them over here, take them back when they're finished. And so people just truly enjoy coming in here. It's not a place that's stuffy. It's very homey. It's like a man cave. Mm -hmm. You walk in, there's TVs everywhere. There's a bar, a big bar. You know, there's a lot of lounge areas just to hang out. I want to create, I feel like I've done this 13 years and I feel it's time to change. I feel it's time to go forward again. How do I continue to go forward? So about three years ago, when I had this idea, I started interviewing again my clients. And I'm like, what can we do to be better? How could we better serve you? Where are we lacking? What do we need to change? And we would go through this, you know, with all of our clients and they'd say, well, it's not the clothes. I love the clothes. Clothes can't get any better. Love the service. Service can't get any better. You know, we love everything you do. And as we would talk about it, it seems like it would come back. Maybe you could change your experience. Maybe you could offer something a little bit different. Um, and so I thought about that and that stuck in my mind. And, you know, I've always been a visionary. I tell people I live my life two years ahead of time. I'm not, I'm not in the year 2022. I'm living in 2024. Mm -hmm. And that's how I've always done it. And so I started visualizing a whole new experience. And when I say it's new, we're going to change it up. Um, it's going to be just like when you come into one of our private rooms, we have a table that you sit down and it's an eight foot by four table. We have bar stools. You sit next to it. Well, in the new building, 
The table's going to be round. There's going to be a lounge area in the showroom in case you have family with you or some friends and they want to sit there and talk or whatever while we're showing you different items. It's going to have um, a much bigger bar. It's going to have balconies. We're on, they're going to be on the fourth floor of this building and the building's five stories tall. But, you know, one of the things that's important today with companies and their team members is that what kind of working environment do you provide them? Mm -hmm. So it's not so much having a nice office anymore. It's what else do you have besides the office? So our building is going to look like an old Chicago style warehouse. Yeah. So it was very important to me that um, it's built out of steel, that these big steel beams are showing that we picked, you know, old world brick. Um, we did everything we could to make it look like it's been there for a while. Mm -hmm. And so when guys come in the floor, you know, our current building is 9,000 square feet. The new building's 50,000 square feet. One floor of the new building is almost 11,000 square feet. So one floor is bigger than the whole building we're in. Right. And it's going to be designed like a loft. It's going to be wide open. I don't want to give away all my secrets. Sure. But, um, you know, the walls are going to be able to be moved. So not all the walls will be permanent. So if we want to change things around, we can. My goal is to two to three times a year, we totally change the whole space. So when you walk in, it's totally new. You're like, what? What happened to this? Where did that go? So again, it's going to be about that experience. And what's always been crazy to me is we will have customers come by unannounced and they walk in and they're having lunch with one of their buddies and they want to show them where they get their clothes. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's, you know, I start thinking, okay, wait a minute, you know, women do that stuff, but guys, <laughs> yeah. And so, and guys do it because our place is cool. They love coming in here. We have guys that will have an appointment downtown Dallas, the next appointment they have. Well, they have one in Addison, but the next one is three hours from now and it's in Frisco. And they'll come in here and say, hey, can I just sit and use my phone and sit in the lounge area for two or three hours? Well, I can make yourself at home. It's your home just as much as ours. Very cool. So a lot of people would have just basked in the success he had, and it could have been very comfortable to stay where you are. And you said, like you said, you could have you could have leased that place as long as you wanted. Why was now the right time to do this? That's a very good question. And I think I've got the answer. I know I've got it. I always think about what am I going to do when I retire? When will I retire? And so I'm 62 years of age and I do not, you know, I can retire tomorrow if I wanted to. I've been very blessed. We've just had a great run. We have a huge following and I'm very grateful for that. And so I sit there and I always have this thought about what will I do? And then about four years ago, one of my customers was in the, one of the showrooms. I went in, I was saying hi to him. And uh, one of my team members was taking care of him. And all of a sudden, it hit me like a ton of bricks. He's a money manager. High wealth manages people's money. And I said, David, I got a question for you. It just came out of nowhere. He says, what do you got, Bob? I said, so you manage all these wealthy people. You manage their money, correct? He goes, yes. And I said, and I would think you're managing it for their retirement. Is that correct? He goes, absolutely. And I said, so... How many customers, how long have you done this? He said about 30 years. I said, so in 30 years, how many of your customers have actually retired? And he thought, and he says, well, I would tell you, um, 
130, maybe 150. I said, really? Okay. So I said, um, so out of 130, 50 people, um, what do you think of retirement? He goes, I'll never do it. He he said a bad word. <laughs> right. He says, absolutely not. And I'm like, why? He says, Bob, for every three customers I have retire, he says, I can tell you right now, for every 10, this is my number, for every three clients that walk in here and retire in my business, that come in here, my clients, within 18 months, two are back to work. And he told me for every 10 that retire with him, he says eight of them are back to work within a year or two. They're going crazy. They don't want to be sitting at home all day. They don't want to play golf every single day. And um, they need something to do. He also said out of everybody that's ever retired, he says, I can tell you clearly without any doubt, I only have one client that I totally admire his life. And he's a guy that retired and he does nothing and he has the greatest life in the world. He loves what he does, traveling, vacations, whatever. But he said, that's the only guy that really is happy as can be. And so I felt like God was giving me some words of wisdom there. Mm -hmm. I'm a strong believer in God. And what I heard out of that conversation was don't retire, slow down, but don't retire. And so we're at a level that I can quit now. I could slow down, but I decided to build a new building. It's going to be an investment. I'll have other tenants in there. I decided to get the real estate business. What can I say? <laughs> so how has business been coming out of the throes of the pandemic? Any surprises, good or bad? Well, you know, it's funny because our customer is a man who still gets up every day and he's either putting on a suit or he's got a sport coat. He may be in blue jeans, cowboy boots, and a shirt, but he's got a sport coat on. And so our clients are the kind of people that they have seen how their appearance changes their life. And just because they may be wealthy now, it still doesn't change how they dress. A good friend of mine taught me this probably about a year ago. A client was in here one day. He goes, Bob, why would anybody want to walk out the front door of their house and look just like everybody else? Is how boring is that? And so our customer, that's the way they think. And so what's interesting is during the COVID and all that stuff, our business was down 15%. You know, I tell people we've never had a bad year. I've never had a bad year. You know, if the economy is in the tank, it doesn't affect my clients. It doesn't affect the car they drive, the clothes they wear, the vacations they take, the house they live in. None of that's affected. It may affect how much money they're saving that year, but they're still living their lifestyle. So no matter what's going on in the country, we always still have a strong business. And our clients, it's because of them. They're not going to stop dressing just because of the way the world may be changing. So along the same lines, how critical is dressing for business success coming out of the pandemic where uh, the fashion seems to be a lot more comfortable or casual? And maybe that's different for your clientele, but how has it affected what you do? So in the middle of COVID, there were so many newspaper articles that were coming out about people's appearance. And I'll never forget them. One said, what is the fastest way to go up the corporate ladder Fastest way to get up the corporate ladder in today's environment. And it said, 
to answer dress with respect on a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. Another article came out and it said, if you, what people, a lot of people don't realize is however you dress to go to work, whether you're in a polo shirt and some khakis or you're in a suit, that is literally your coat of armor. And that is what you wear every day to go to battle because we all go to battle to go find that customer, to go find that new account. You know, everybody's out there trying to get it. And so that's your coat of armor. And so the study came out and said that if you've been dressing in a polo and a pair of khakis and now you're at home and you're in shorts and a T-shirt, the article explained it was absolutely impossible to perform at the same level. Mm-hmm. You don't see yourself the same way. You now basically are in your home working, wearing your play clothes. And so same thing for the guy in the suit. If the guy's in the suit, now he's in khakis in the polo, he needs to be in the suit. And so it was amazing how many stories came out about this and how they would interview people and the successful people still dress the same every day. So I had customers that would get up every day. They'd put on a sport coat, some slacks, a dress shirt. They may not put the tie on, but they still got dressed. And they went to their office and they shut their door. They're in their house and they go to work. You would read the stories about the other guy who's now putting on the khakis and the polo. Well, his kids don't think dad's doing what's serious because dad's in, you know, he's not in work clothes. So now the kids can come and say, hey, dad, can we go get ice cream? Can we do this? And dad's like, I'm working. You know, the wife comes in and says, hey, I've got to go do X, Y, Z. And they're coming by at two o'clock to fix the refrigerator. Can you let them in? Well, he would never have these interruptions before. And now he's having them all day long and it's affecting his success. And then the last thing that came out was how people were actually working longer hours because mm-hmm. they were having a challenge in their own mind separating home life from work life because they were never changing the clothes they wore. They were in the same clothes all day. Bob Bauman joining us. In our next segment, we'll learn if changing tastes have changed his approach when Texas Business Minds continues. Texas Mutual Insurance Company cares about your injured employees as much as you do. With our proactive and compassionate workers' comp claims handling, taking care of your people is how we take care of your business. Business is better with Texas Mutual. Have you changed your tastes to what society's done? Has it changed your business? It has some. I mean, we do, we're carrying more casual stuff, but it's still what we call smart casual. Because if I'm gonna dress casual, I'm still gonna look very nice. Right. I'm st- I still wanna be the person that, you think about it, when you go to a party or you go to a lunch meeting and there's a bunch of people there, everybody wonders, who's that? Oh, hey, who is that? Do you know who that is? Yeah, who's that guy over there? Well, who's that guy? That guy's the best dressed person in the room. They're not asking who's the guy over there in the khakis and the polo. Who is that guy? They don't ask that. And so are people dressing more casual today? A lot are. I think it's something too that I have more and more customers calling us saying, look, I've been sloppy for the last two years. I don't like the way I look. Mm -hmm. I don't like the way I feel when I look at myself in the mirror. I need to come refresh my wardrobe. 
and we're getting that all the time. So at the end of the day, yes, we may have more casual stuff, but as I said earlier, it's smart casual. And when you put it on, you're still going to look like a million bucks, not like everybody else in the room. Very cool. If you could change one thing about the business climate right now, what would it be? Wow. Now, that's a tough one. You know, I look at the business climate right now and I ask myself, where did everybody go? People are having challenges trying to find good employees and it's everywhere. And I'm appalled when I go into some restaurants now or like when I go to a store like Neiman's, I'm shocked at the people that work there. You know, I ask myself all the time, we've been in one of the world's greatest economies for like a good solid 10 years. There's more wealth in the world today than there's ever been before. I mean, there is tons of money out there and there's a lot of wealthy people. Meanwhile, you have a store like Neiman Marcus at six and a half billion dollars in debt. How could that be? It doesn't make any sense because there's so much money. They should be having record sales, but they've lost their way. You call Neiman's, a voicemail will answer that phone. Mm -hmm. And it will probably take you I've done it many a times and it's I'm five minutes before I'm actually talking to somebody. I've called and said, hey, uh, is a restaurant open today? Uh, let me check. When you think you don't know. I mean, don't you work there? How would you not know it's not open? And the same thing wherever you go. And so if I could change one thing about business today is that people would get back. And I believe it's all going to change sooner or later. Because every successful company is built off of the services they provide. And people want to be treated nicely. People want services where they are taken care of, you know, and that is a lost talent. You do not see that out there anymore. And I think people are getting more and more fed up with it. And what that does is that just pushes our business. Because if you bought a pair of pants from us, I don't care how long you've had them. And you realize that you're born to the office one day and somehow you tore the hem out of the bottom of the pants and so they got to be fixed. So you pick up the phone and you say, hey, Bob, I got these pants from you. The hem came out. I need to uh, you know, get them fixed. We're going to say, Rob, do you want us to pick them up at your office or do you want us to pick them up at your house? And it'd be tomorrow because if you still got the pants on, I can't come get them from you. Right. <laughs> unless you have an extra pair laying around. Right. So you're going to tell us where to pick them up. We're going to go there tomorrow. We're going to get them. We're going to bring them back. As I said earlier, we have our own tailor shop. We're going to take them to the tailor shop. We're going to ask one of the tailors to stop what they're doing immediately and fix those pants. They're going to fix them. We're going to have a, we call them our runners. We're going to have a, the runner get back in the car and they're going to take them right back to your office. And when they walk in and hand them to you, Rob, you're going to pick up the phone and you're first of all going to look at them and say, oh, well, I didn't expect them back this fast. You didn't have to do this. Well, thank you. That's very kind. Then you're going to text me, Bob, I didn't need my pants back today. I can't believe you did that. I said, Rob, that's how we do business. Well, yeah, but I didn't expect that. Well, I don't care whether you expect it or not. I did. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do. And that's how we do it. And so I believe you'll see the climate of business more and more people getting tired of doing business with people who don't care or people who do not understand how to treat a customer. And you're going to find many corporations around America thrive because of that. That's great. And it leads right into my next question, which is you've had clients for 30 plus years. 
How do you manage that relationship? What is that? What is managing that relationship with in terms of not clients you're necessarily procuring, but somebody that's been with you a long time? Well, it's real easy. You know, I like to have a lot of fun in life. And if you come in my showroom in our offices, you'll see that I have a lot of signs around the office. And in my showrooms, I have a sign that says, let's assume I'm right. It will save us a lot of time. So when my customers, you're supposed to laugh at that, Rob. So when my customers come in, they see that. I'm like, just shut up and do what I tell you to do. This is what you're buying. This is what you're getting. Right. No, how do I manage it? It's, it's again, treating people the way you want to be treated. And that's honest to God's truth. And I tell people, I want to be treated like a king. And so that's how I'm going to treat my team. That's how I'm going to treat my customers. That's right. how I'm going to treat anybody that's waiting on me any place. And so my clients are not my clients. They're my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, if I take five vacations this year, six of them will be with a client and his spouse because you develop relationships. I'm in the relationship business. I'm not in the customer business. I build relationships. And so we have grown old together. And that is a fact. You know, I started this one 31. I'm 62 now. So it's taking care of them. It's respecting them. It's being able to stand up when someone may think you're wrong, when you know you're right. I don't believe it's just always bowing down. Yes, sir. What else can I do? Treat people the way you want to be treated. If you always respect them, you'll have those relationships. What advice do you have for people who own their own business? Or were there any absolute surprises for you along the way that you never anticipated? There's so many I can't even write. You know, you know, I would tell people that if it's easy, everybody would be doing it. And owning your own business is not easy. If you want to own your own business, then you need to sign up knowing that you're going to work three times harder than anybody else. It's going to take you three times longer than you think it's going to take you. And it's going to cost you three times more than what you thought it would cost you. And if you understand that going in, you're willing to make that commitment then the rewards are unbelievable, you know? And so I'm a night owl. I can live off of five hours of sleep a night and I'm emailing people all the time at two, two thirty in the morning. And if it wakes them up or whatever, then I, again, it's one of those great, you're talking about one of those great clients that you've had for 30 years. Well, how do you keep that relationship? Well, if you wake him up at two thirty in the morning, cause he's got your email and he calls you up and he's mad. You say, Hey dude, it's your own fault. If you don't have enough common sense to turn your phone off when you go to bed, that's not my problem. <laughs> and, so, and so they're like, okay, fair enough. You got a point there. But anyways, and so yes, I work hard. I'm willing to do what it takes. Successful people are successful because they're willing to do the things that unsuccessful people are not willing to do. And so my advice to people is don't give up. I'd been in this business probably when I sold off 17 offices. I mean, I was begging a few of my clients to hire me. I wanted to partner with them. I wanted to go to work with them. And I still have those clients to this day that laugh at me. They say, aren't you glad that that never happened? What a mistake that would have been. I'm like, oh my God. Thank you that you were mean enough to me. You wouldn't hire me. I appreciate it. It worked out just fine. So, you know, it's not easy. Get out there, go after it, stay committed, stay true to the course. Failure is not an option. 
Every time you fail, you're just learning a way that doesn't work. So you touched on this earlier. I want to go back to it. The way you frame things in your business and your personal life, I think really resonates. And obviously close to Zig Ziglar, how did that frame your life and how has that changed your trajectory these last you know, 30 years? Well, you know, it's amazing because um, so when I was nine, I had a brother die. And when I was 26, my mother died. And I was raised in the church. I believed in God. I still do. And, um, you know, I tell people all the time, here's the way I look at it. It's real simple. I choose to believe when I die, if there is no God, there's no heaven, there's no hell. What did I lose? Nothing. You know, if anything, maybe I had a better life. But if I choose not to believe and I die and I'm sitting in front of God, I got a big problem. So I just sunk my ship. So I choose to believe in God. But my mother died when I was 26. I was pissed at the world. I met this man, Zig. 90 days after I met him, I begged him to give me a job. And I never went to college. Here I'm a blue collar guy. I had no idea what a CPA firm was. I didn't even know what, what's an accounting firm. I don't know why I knew what a law firm is. You know, I haven't been sued, but you know, and so there was so much, I didn't know nothing about the white collar world. And so my introduction with that was through Zig. And here's a man telling me that your life is the way you plan it. What are your goals in life? Are you setting goals in life? You know, if you want to play basketball, the goal is to get that round ball through the air and through that net down there. That ball has to go through that net. So you can run back and forth all the time and you can throw it up there all the time. But if it doesn't go through the net, you're not getting anything done. It right. has to go through the net. That's the goal. And so when you ask people, what are your goals in life? Where do you see yourself two years from now, four years from now, five years from now? Where are you going to be in your career? Where are you going to be living? What neighborhood will you live in? What school will your kids go through? All this stuff. Most people have not really thought it through. And it's amazing that Zig would say this, and I know it for a fact. A person's going on a two-week vacation. They'll spend more time planning that vacation and mapping it all out than they'll spend planning the next two years of their life. You ask them, where do you plan on being? Well, I hope I'm still with this firm. You know, I like working here, da, 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 da. Or are you just going to be there? Are you going to manage the firm? You know, what's going to be your position? Um, whereas, where are you going on your vacation? No, we're going to why? Really? Tell me about how you getting there. Well, we're flying out on American Airlines. Our flight leaves this day at this time. We land at this time. We're staying at this hotel. The first night we're having dinner here. We're renting a car from here. You got it all planned out. But you can't answer that about the next two years of your life. Right. So finally, say you've got someone listening to this podcast. They're at the beginning of their career. Maybe like a custom suit is not a thing that they think is in their price range. What are the recommendations you would give to anyone to improve their look and style? What are the, some basic recommendations you give to anyone listening to improve the way they look? Well, the first things I would say is, it's not about how much money you spend. It's about that you take pride in yourself and that you wanna look nice. And so the advice I'd give to people is, number one, the clothes you wear signify the importance of whatever it is you're doing. So think about it. You know, if you're having lunch with a customer, well, how you dress will signify how important that meeting is to you. You know, I think it's funny. I think it's hilarious. You go on LinkedIn, everybody's in a suit, but they don't wear suits. 
And so to me, they're setting a false expectation. They're saying, this is who I am when that is not who they are. And so I tell people, yes, clothes will change your life. So make sure your clothes fit you properly. You can Google it. Don't take my advice. 85% of all people walking around in the United States of America have on the wrong size clothes. Mm -hmm. If you have important meetings, wear a white shirt. It's a known fact that the man in the white shirt rules, controls, dominates the room. Mm -hmm. Why? Real simple. It's psychological. They don't even realize it because who wears a white shirt? The president of the United States, CEOs of corporations. I have a client that I do business with. His CEO was in town. He's out in New York City. He came by and I come out to meet the guy. Well, he's in a white shirt. He's got a suit on. He's got a tie on. Well, my client wasn't dressed as nice as he is, and he's the CEO. Right. So dress with respect. The way you dress shows the respect of whoever you're in front of. And so you can find anything you want to do in this world. You know, I tell people, I never went to college. I got my education through a YouTube university. And so you can go to YouTube. You can find anything you want to. Make sure your shoes are shined. You know, make sure your pants fit you well. Make sure your clothes are clean. If you want to move up in your position, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. You know, we have customers that have been with us for 20, 30 years, and they'll pick up the phone and say, Bob, we hired a new gentleman. He knows nothing about dressing. We're sending him over, you know, get him to buy a couple of suits, get him some shirts, da-da-da-da. And this happens to us no less than two times every single week. Hmm. And so this kid will come in here, some new kid out of college, getting in the workplace, and he'll come in here and we get him fixed up. And you think I'm kidding. Now they become addicted to what we do. And they come in here all the time telling us how it's just crazy how people treat them, how people are so much more respectful. You know, it's my favorite comment I've ever heard from a customer. I'll never forget to the day I die. He goes, he says, when I go to restaurants, people treat me different. When I'm in meetings, the way they talk to me, they look at me. It's different. He goes, the elevator. And I said, the elevator? He goes, yeah, the elevator. And I said, okay, that's a new one. Tell me about the elevator. He says, well, I park on the first floor in my building. So I'm in the parking garage. I just pull in the parking garage and I walk in and I get on the elevator and I go up. Well, this is one of those older buildings to where the elevator, same elevator goes down through the garage. Where today you come up, get off, go to another elevator and right. go on up in the building. Right. So, he says, Bob, so I'm on the first floor. He says, everybody's getting to work. When that elevator would open, it's full. It's always full of people. Well, I got to get in because I got to get to the 15th floor. So he's always, excuse me, there's room for one more in here. Come on, let me in. He says, now when the elevator door opens, he goes, Bob, it's like the parting of the Red Sea. He says, everybody starts stepping out of the way. People are looking at me. People don't even know. They're saying, good morning. Good morning, sir. And I'm like, good morning. And he says, and they make room for me. He says, it's the craziest thing in the world. So dress for the part you want. Respect others. The right clothes open all the right doors. And it's a fact. This has been a lot of fun, Bob. I appreciate your time today. Thanks a lot for sitting in with us. Rob, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. I hope it's helpful to people. And uh, you can tell people how to get in touch with us. If they ever need help, if they want to visit with us, we'd love to visit with them. Even if they're not our customer, we'd love to sit down and tell them how they can change their lives. 
Great. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bob Bauman joining us. Thank you for downloading Texas Business Minds, presented by the Texas Business Journals and brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. Texas.